Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Joe DeVito, 22 years of volunteer and career experience, currently an acting battalion chief with Fort Myers Beach Fire Department. He is a State of Florida Fire and EMS instructor, as well as a Level 1 Infrared certified. Joe is a member of the Florida Gulf Coast Fools and the Kill the Flashover Project. Joe loves teaching thermal imaging, a tool he feels is underutilized within the fire service. Two of my favorite quotes from Joe are, if your tick changes modes, so should your tactics, and be into the job, not on the job. With that, I present Mr. Joe DeVito. Thanks for having me, Danny. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Um, it's, uh, it's awesome to see what you do for everybody here in the fire service. Um, it's, it's really interesting to see the passion that you have and the passion that the uh, people you have on your show have. I mean, I love sharing. I love hearing it. Um, I think I'm going to be a little bit of a different type of interview because I'm an older guy who's been through some of the rings and, uh, and, and I've, have been through the goods and the bads. And that's why I want to share um, my stories with your listeners because you have such a great um, reception of, of passionate firefighters around the country. So my name is Joe DeVito. I'm an acting battalion chief at Fort Myers Beach Fire Department I'm down in Southwest Florida. We were uh, ground zero for Hurricane Ian. I had the opportunity of being um, operations division supervisor there for, for my shift. Um, it's been a, a long road. I got probably uh, 17 years now with them, working my way up from, from firefighter all the way up here to uh, acting battalion chief, filling in for the battalion chief who left for a chief's position in another department. Um, so it's been a great opportunity for me to, to keep on learning something new. So I got into this fire service because my dad was a volunteer um, out in Manhasset Lakeville on Long Island. And uh, he worked his way all the way up through the ranks to fire chief. He, uh, he actually became a commissioner for them as well. So I'm one of those old guys who was raised with an engine and ladder truck as a playground. Okay. And I mean, I, start, I started at 17 as a volunteer uh, for Manhasset Lakeville Company 4. And I loved every minute, man. I loved the training. I loved the jobs. I loved the camaraderie. I think one of the hardest parts I had, Danny, was calling these people Mr. and so-and-so and Mr. so-and-so, you know, for so many years because I was a little kid growing up there. And then all of a sudden I'm calling him, hey, Mr. Feaster, hey, Mr. Bosch. And he's like, no, you call me John, you call me Tommy. And I'm like, no, nah, man, I can't do that. You know, right, right. I, was, I was a little kid and you were, you were helping me down the, the stairs of the engine, you know. Um, but it was great to see how those people accepted me with open arms. And it really was a great, great opportunity to, uh, to, to learn and be a part of something. So I spent about five years there and then I moved down to Florida um with my wife uh, well not my wife yet but she's going to be my wife and I, i'm glad that worked out i guess because we're still married and I, I made the right decision to move down here um <laughs> but but uh when i got to florida i went to police academy i had a criminal justice degree and um that's where i quickly realized i wanted to get back into the fire service it didn't take long um so unfortunately the way to get through the fire service here is you have to be EMT paramedics are certified and then you have to go through fire certification and then, um, you know, you, then you apply for jobs. It's kind of different than where I came from, where you put your test in for a big civil service exam and you get pulled from it. So here you had to go in with your certs. So I spent some time getting all my certs. I got my EMT um, 
got a job with a, a third uh, party EMS transport service down here in Lee County. And uh, again, I learned so much. You could be surprised at, at how much you can learn when you dive into it head first, you know, when you actually care about it. Um, so then I became a paramedic with them. And then a lot of fire departments here started going ALS. Mm-hmm. So they were looking for single cert medics to put through fire school. So I was all about it, man. You know, I was like, finally, this is my chance. So I, uh, I got a phone call asking to come put in an application with them. I dropped an app and my, the phone rang like five minutes later and they were like, Hey man, want to hire you. So I was like, cool, man. You know, I was, I was really blessed. Um, I definitely felt back in my element, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I think, I think it's almost like proof that if you want something bad enough, you, you jump through the hoops and you're going to get it, you know, don't give up, keep jumping through the hoops, do whatever you have to do to get to where you want to be. And, uh, and don't let anybody or anything stand in your way. Cause you know, if you don't have what you want, you go get what you want, right? You know, and, and and earn it. So I've been blessed earning uh, the opportunities that I've gotten. And uh, you know, if you want it, I guess work at it. Okay, okay. Um, for those that don't know, can you tell us a little bit about Fort Myers Beach Fire Department? The size, how many stations? Oh, yeah, calls? absolutely. We're actually a very small department. We're a three-station um, department. We're um, seven miles long. Okay. But by, by, by actually not even a, a mile wide. Um, we do have some mainland, but most of it is island. We have about 40,000 people res, uh, residents there during the off season. But then we have about 1.7 million visitors and, and seasonal residents. So everything changes really quick based on the time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have slow months, which is right now, which is the summer, because let's be honest, it's what was it now today? 124 degrees with the heat index or something. Okay. So pe- people are like, yeah, I don't want to be down here during that. So they all fly up north, you know, and live up right. there where it's cooler. Right. But then when it's cool up there, they all come down here. So we have, uh, we used to have three stations. We did lose one of them in Hurricane Ian. Uh, we ran two engines and a, um, a ladder, uh, a tower ladder. Um, we wound up losing one of our engines in Hurricane Ian. Um, we also are ALS transport. We are only two, one of two departments in Lee County EMS that do EMS transport. So we're all ALS providers, um, pretty much. Uh, so we have two rescues that we run on, 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 in our district. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so we have a total of 12 people on shift, uh, 14 people on shift at one time. So we have a BC, we have three officers. Um, and then we're writing two per apparatus so for a total of three when you mm-hmm. include the officer. Mm-hmm. So we have three per apparatus and then we had two on our rescues. So, um, our, our staffing has changed so much because now that we're down a station, now that so many people lost their homes, we actually just took our soft numbers came in and we took quite a hit financially. Okay. So now we're kind of trying to, to cut down on our overtime mm-hmm. and we're not going to rebuild that station for a while because we're going to let our our, our um, money come back in and hopefully get some FEMA assistance, which we all know takes time. Um, but it's a really good department. It's ALS transport, which I kind of like, um, especially coming from EMS. I think I still feel like I could keep my skills up. A good thing that we have down here too, is we have a great interdepartment workings with um, our neighboring departments. 
So we have automatic aid. So once a call drops, like I just ran a job last night, uh, structure fire in my neighbor's zone. And um, it, it gives me a chance to get more experience, which is nice. Okay. And, and we're, and we're taking care of the people in the street. Okay. You know? Right. So it's definitely a smaller department. Um, and, and with the hurricane that came through and destroyed everything, it's definitely an even smaller department now. <laughs> right. But, um, but I'll tell you right now, we're rebuilding and uh, the future is looking bright for Fort Myers Beach. I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, with the station not being rebuilt yet, what are you, what is your department doing with the manpower that's supposed to be there? Are they at a different station? So, so what we did is we actually split the stations into two. We have a north side and south side. Okay. So we're putting the south sides on the island, and we put four people on an aerial down there on the tower ladder, and then we put two people on a rescue, so we have six down there. And then on the mainland, we're running um, one BC on the mainland, which is the north side, and then we have an engine with three and a rescue with two. Okay. So we kind of just uh, got rid of that engine in the middle and disperse the extra personnel out so we could do four and five people um, apparatus and we don't but the good thing about saving the money is that due to not needing as many spaces we can save a lot of money on overtime right now and put that towards the rebuilding budget okay all right all right uh what would you say the culture is like within your department regarding pride training calls and camaraderie all right so our, our culture is definitely interesting because being a small department, it is tough, man. It's real tough. Right. And uh, I'm going to be honest, and and, and uh, sometimes it's tough to swallow, but I've been in my department for 17 years and had nine chiefs, and I think I'm pretty sure I had 12 uniforms because that's what people think are important. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. It's almost impossible to develop a winning team when coaches and managers with different strategies continue to come in and take the team over. Right. Um. You have a guy who runs a run and gun offense and you bring him in as a manager, but you have a ground and pound team, right? It's not going to work for you. You're not going to be able to get what you want out of those players. Um, and, and and it's been tough because we haven't had time to, to develop it, uh, a team with, with the management because everything's been so in and out. But I'm going to tell you that um, my department always had a, a I guess it's a motto. And mm-hmm. it's the crew, the crew always survives, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and, and we took it upon ourselves to say, Hey, you know what? We have to do better. We have to be better because we don't have, um, it's almost like the inmates running the asylum, I guess, you know, okay. I, 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 until the chiefs got in and got established. Um, and it's not a knock on any of them. It's just anytime you come in and take something over, it takes time to get a rhythm down, you know? Yeah. Um, we were going through some tough times where we had mandatory overtime, averaging a thousand hours a, a year for four or five years in a row. Um, everyone was beaten up and nobody really wanted to do anything extra, um, including training. And it really did take a lot out of people. Um, however, one thing that always happened was that the calls were always handled properly. You know, the people on the street were, were, were treated right. Um, and that's, and that's what I, one thing that I did with my crew is I always try to remind them. I said, Hey man, don't never forget why you're here. Right. Don't, don't let those demons get in your head, man. Right. Always remember why you're here. It's too easy to focus on what they're doing. I said, but look in the mirror and focus on what we're doing. What is it that we need? What can we do to get it better for those people in the street calling us? And that really kept us focused. It was nice. Um, but it kind of felt like 
every time we started moving forward, something would happen. You know, a chief would leave for various reasons, or of course a hurt. We're finally get starting to go forward, and a hurricane comes and destroys our district. So, uh, so back to the question, uh, the answer of it all is dependent on the person and what they were looking for. You know, as a firefighter and engineer, you try to find new people and train with them and show them how how the fire service should be. Um, as an officer, I had a lot more control on pride, training, camaraderie, because um, you could set the tone for that station, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and and I've had some officers where I was like, you know what, I'm not going to. What's that saying? Sometimes you learn what not to do, okay, you know, or how not to be. Right. And right. Uh, I was like, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to be that guy who just sits here and complains all day about what everybody else does because that's outside my circle. You know, I need to focus on what's inside my circle and what I could affect. And and what I could affect is bringing people up through the ranks or making them develop in their role. I'll tell you right now, the most satisfying thing any firefighter can get, because we all are here to help, in my opinion, is seeing somebody else improve. I honestly think that that if you have a firefighter and you get a new firefighter coming in, and that, let, that, let that firefighter take that kid under his wings. And, and watch that kid improve, and you'll see the morale on that guy change because he's feeling like he's contributing. You know, I think mm-hmm. people in the service want to be a part of something. And I think that's our biggest complaint is that we're trying to do something, and that person who's been there for, well, it could be from two years to, to, to 20 years, are sitting in, in, in the recliner talking shit. And, and you can't let that stuff beat you down, man. You got to remember right. why you're here and focus on what's right. And I think by taking people under your wing, and helping develop them, it kind of gives you um, purpose and direction, you know. Okay. And it kind of and it kind of gets you out of that um, that that zone of worrying about that dude sitting in the chair, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, absolutely right. I'm sure you have that, D. Right? You got people in your department where you're like, "Hey, man, you know what? This guy, I can't change him. He's he's who he is." And like I said, you may have a guy. What are they called? Two and twenties. They've been there for two years, but they act like they've been there for 20. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You get you get those guys and then yeah. you get the guy who's, who's 20 years and he's just spent, bro. He's done. Yeah. And in my department, I get it, man. Having, if I had all those chiefs, how many did they have? You yeah, know, you I mean, have to think about that. That's a lot of chiefs that you've had in. Yeah. That's. Yeah. It's tough. That's pretty wild. But, 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 but Danny, man, we keep going, man. You know, we keep doing what we do because it's the right thing to do. Right. If, and, and and if you do what's right, you never have to worry about anybody coming down on you because you can justify your stuff. I think I learned that being a medic. Every time I made a decision as a medic, I was always questioned. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And I think it made me better in explaining myself, you know, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. and, and, ju- and and justifying myself. Then I could turn around and say, well, I did that because I wanted to make this better. I did this because, you know. I want to see this kid improve. I did this because it's right for the person on the street. Whatever the reason is, you know, I'm not saying you have to justify yourself to anybody. But right. what I am saying is that if you're doing something, look in the mirror and be like, hey, man, how can I justify this? You know, because sometimes you need to justify things to yourself, too. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and, and self-accountability is pretty huge. And that's what I think has run away is that it's so easy to fall into the uh, the Pied Piper type of, of methodology where, one guy starts playing a flute of, of crap and everybody starts following it, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. you got to look in the mirror and start doing that self-accountability to say, hey, man, is this right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, before you can judge anybody or talk or talk bad about anybody, you got you to look at yourself in the mirror first. And then if you're not holding yourself to that standard, yeah, you got to 
take a look back for self accountability. That's a hundred percent right. Yo, before you talk trash, you better be tight. Yeah, you gotta have your ducks in a row. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and and listen, we're all gonna have those days, right? Where it's like, yo, I had a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the, the engine's not as good as I like it to be, or maybe the bus needs to be restocked. I had a rough night. Guess what? I'm more likely to be like, hey man, that guy's usually ten eight. He's wrapped. Everything's good. I get it, man. You have a bad day. But when every morning you come in, man, you'd be like, yo, the engine's got, you know, three a quarter fuel. And, you know, uh, it's got, I think it's got water in it. And, oh, yeah, you have four air packs to be filled. Yo, that's, that guy better not be talking trash to nobody. Absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% correct. Um, I heard a, uh, a a quote you made, and I, I got to ask you. I, I got to ask you how it came about because, like, it, it was resounding to me. So the quote was, and this this came from you. If your tick changes modes, so should your tactics. Oh, we're getting into tactics now. Oh, we well, changed direction quick. No, no, no. Now, now granted, <laughs> we, we don't have to go down tactics, but if you read the quote, sit there and absorb it, that's like powerful. Because I sat there and I was like, I see what he I see what he's trying to get across. So I just want to know, I just want you to just hit 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 the Pretty much how did that come about? Okay, cool. So my mentor, Andy Starnes, um, if you don't know him, he's, I he's do. probably one he's probably one of the he's probably the best he's man out there as a person. Right. And I'm not even talking about his skills or knowledge or abilities. I'm talking him as a person. Okay. He's the best yeah. person I know out there. And um back in the day, I took him under my wing. Uh, he rather he took me under his wing. Well, look at me trying to take credit. No, absolutely not, man. That's all <laughs> it, bro. Um but but he he took me under his wing and and um, we we're talking about stuff and one of the things I said is that like, you know when the modes he always said when the modes change so should your tactics, you know and then what I said is that when your mode goes to low mode you should get low. To add on to that because what happens here is a tick right here we are in high mode the TI basic high, for those of you who don't understand that's the grayscale that the uh, thermal imaging camera starts off off at right. And um, we use it a lot in, um, in, in in fake cold smoke, right? Mm-hmm. We use it when we're training in the bay. It always comes up. You never get that colorization. So I know firefighters sometimes think they're hot shit, but in that room, they are going to be the hottest item in the room probably, right? Right. Um, however, that all changes, man, once that mode changes. So what happens now is that now we're in a superheated room and now we're in low mode because we're over 300 degrees or whatever your camera um, transfers over. That's why you need to know your tools. But now it changes over to low mode. So now that I change modes, now my tactics need to change. Now my thinking needs to change because that means that now I have temperatures over 300 degrees. One thing that Killer Flashover taught me is that it can go from zero to 500 in minutes, but 500 to flash in seconds. Right? Okay. Right. So the thing is this is that if we're looking at 300 degrees and that's where we're at on our camera, some cameras start at 500, they change over modes. Yo, when that thing changes, you need to start thinking about cooling your environment, keeping yourself safe, thinking about making a push before you make entry into that next container or that next room. So when it goes down to low mode, you need to get yourself low because now you Mm -hmm. have superheated gases. You need to start thinking about conditioning or cooling the environment you're in, Mm -hmm. right? And then you can go ahead and once you erase that heat in there, right? We don't pencil ceilings, right? We get rid of the color and the heat, right? We get rid of the heat. Right. Then we can move on to the next to, to the next compartment. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, we, so and, and again, it goes back to, to having to know your tools. And it's crazy because 
these people, I'm going to get on my, 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 uh, my chair and start preaching. That's where I'm at right now. You're good. So what, <laughs> all right. So what happens is, is like these people give you a camera that you pay 10,000, 12,000, $15,000 for. And they're like, all right, man, you push the big green button. Right. Mm-hmm. And it turns on. Here's how you change your battery. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now go save babies. And you're like, yo, that's not how that works. Right. Right. If you rolled up in the academy or you rolled up in your department, they were like, hey, here's a Halligan. You're going to be like, cool. What's it do? How does it work? Right. 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 So so let's say if I gave you a Halligan and said, hey, man, you can only use the the pick end. Right. Mm-hmm. To, to open that door. You'd be like, yo, you're crazy. What about the force? What about the ads? What about everything else it has? You know what right. I mean? Right. I'm like, no, man, that's all you can do. And that's what they're doing with the camera, bro. They're doing it. They're turning it into like a point and click camera from like the 80s. Like, oh, look, I'm looking here and I'm getting a picture. All right. What mm-hmm. to tell you? I don't know, man. I just got a picture. Right. You know, right. because because people aren't being educated on it. And 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 it's tough because I like to say it's new, but it's not, man. It's been out there forever. It's right. 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 No, I mean, because I'll look at it as, you know, when I was shown to take it was. Yep, this is it. This is how you turn it on. This is how do you, you know how you charge it, how you change your battery. All right, here's the manual. Read it. Got any questions? Contact the manufacturer or such and such, and that's it. But like we truly don't know people. I'm not gonna say everybody, but some people don't know how to really scan the room. They, they, you know, you can't go too fast. You got to go kind of slow. And then when yeah, that's all due to refresh modes, rates and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and the problem is, is, is like I said, it's not stressed when it's given to you. I think that every thermal imaging company should offer a class um, with its sales, you know, and say, mm-hmm. hey, listen, we'll sell you these products for this. I highly recommend this class that for whatever it costs, even if it's just a, a, a lecture to tell you how to use the camera in different different uh, situations, you know, yeah. like – like, I don't think that, that that a lot of people realize that, hey, man, guess what? If this thing turns over and you go into low mode, you could be looking at hostile fire situations coming your way. Right. And and, and I don't think they're thinking that, you know, and, and even just using it on size ups and stuff and getting your, your heat signatures. You could find out direction of pathways of, of fire. Man, let me ask you, how many times you, you listen to tapes? And you're like, yeah, we can't find the fire. Why? Why right. can't you find the fire? You have a thermal imager that's in your, your probably in your truck, which should be on your hands, should be, in your hands, yeah, right. On your and it'll shirt. tell you, it'll tell you all, all the thermal paths. It'll tell you the direction of travel. It'll tell you everything you need to know. If you follow that yellow brick road, it'll bring you to the to, to Oz. You know, right. I mean, right. And it's really easy. You know, you see, hey, look, I got some some superheated currents coming. All right, let me go to the next hook. Let me take a look. Let me see where we're going. Oh, look, it's yellow down there. It's white down there. Cool. I'm going to make a right to go where the yellow is going. Cause that's, mm-hmm. you're going towards a fire. Mm-hmm. Keep going forward. You're going to find, eventually you're going to find the orange and then you're going to find the red. You know, the important thing of course is cooling as you go mm-hmm. and making yourself, making sure that, that you're staying safe in the environment you're in. Right. But just talking, just talking thermal imaging camera right now is that you should never hear anymore. Hey man, I can't find the fire. You know, it shouldn't happen. Okay. All right. Yeah, like I said, we weren't. It wasn't going down a tactics road, but I like the quote, and just so I just wanted to hear your your take on it. Yeah, the the advice I'm going to give everybody right now is that one, bring the thermal imaging camera with you. All right, that's the first thing. All right, it's not doing you any good sitting in the charger. 
Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now. The next thing I'm going to tell you is do not use the numeric temperature measurement on it. You know the number that's in the bottom corner? Never use that in a fire. Okay? The reason why is because the walls and the environment take longer to heat up and the convection waves are moving through the compartment. So what happens is that it reads surface temperatures. That spot temperature, that number, reads surface temperatures. So it's telling you the temperature of the wall. So that wall may say 250 degrees, but you could have 400 degree convection currents moving through that through that compartment that's moving faster than the wall can absorb the heat. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So okay. so so that numeric temperature measurement should only be used for like electronics, lights, fuse boxes, things like that, motors. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For fire, actually, um, the new 1801 um, actually took it the number off of TI basic mode altogether because it's 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 shouldn't be used okay and people okay. are using it okay so, so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm sure there's probably some listeners out there that might have this question so when you are scanning a room with your tick mm -hmm. um to see the temperature of those of those uh convection waves do you point it up at the at the ceiling or 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 what all right let's talk use so when you come in when we're doing a search, what are we looking for? Victims, uh, normally, right? you, you victims, yeah, definitely location yeah. of the fire. All right. So where are victims going to likely be? On the uh, floor? Point of egress. Right, point of egress. And usually down low on the floor. Right. So in in, in high, right, high resolution, mm -hmm. which is low mode, which is high mode, rather, we get um, a much clearer defined picture because it's focusing on the hottest part of the room inside of that high mode. So we always want to start low. All right. The reason why is because we're scanning for victims. Okay. So always scan low. That's going to tell you you have holes in floors, fire beneath you, if you're going to have a victim. Because then what happens is that when you start to move up, what happens to the camera when it changes modes? It freezes. Um, it freezes. Right? Yes. You, yeah. Yeah. What happens is that you get that 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 nuke or shutter, right? Mm -hmm. Because I call it OMS. It's old man syndrome. And you guys will find out someday. When I bend down to bed to tie my shoes and i get up too quick i get a little lightheaded and dizzy and close my eyes okay. well guess what the camera does the same thing bro when when it's moving too fast okay the camera needs time to close its eyes and reset itself so it catches up because it gets dizzy okay all right okay so always start off low you're going to get your good vision and then you can go up to the middle up to up to the top all right but always start low because we're trying to get that high resolution where we're going to be able to get better contrast of the victims down on the floor all right, because once you go into low mode, what happens now is now you're focusing more on the high heat factors and you're going to lose your thermal contrast um, and visibility of a victim on the floor. OK, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely a good watered down version because, you know, firemen, we like simple terminology, how we and like I know for me, I like to relate that I like things watered down where I can relate to it. And I totally understood exactly like I liked your your references of like, if I get up too fast, I'm a little dizzy. I got to close my eyes. It's the same way for the camera. So I like the way you put that. Cause most firemen like, I don't want to say, you know, dumbed down versions, but we like versions we can relate to. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm, I'm a simple cat. <laughs> and, and, and I like dumbed down versions because it's easier for me to swallow. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, um, like, and we're also very kinesthetic learners. You know, we like learning with our hands. That's why, the way things are going right now with book work and, and lack of, of fire um, behavior is tough for us to, to comprehend. 
You know how many people buy thermal imagers and make decisions on them without ever going inside of a live fire condition? Right. A I'm lot. Sure it's a lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. And 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 it's not their fault, man. It's it's the fact that it's the environment we're in. We don't have the availability to do burns like we used to. It's so it, it's so much more um, involved than it ever been. You know, mm -hmm. 1403 has all these standards in place and it's good because it's keeping people safe. And and I'm probably going to get shot for this. And if you get a lot of texts, I'm sorry. But sometimes I think it kind of bites us too. Yeah. You know, because because I think that it's making it so difficult for us to do things that um, a lot of departments don't have the money to buy these burn buildings. A lot of um, places don't have the people who have these certifications to, to run live fire. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and it's really tough on them. And I feel bad for them, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's really tough, but um, it's something that we need to get more exposure to. Absolutely. And I don't, and I'm telling you right now to your listeners, I don't care if you go out and turn the barbecue on and start playing with the thermal imaging camera, because you're going to see the mode change. You're going to see how it freezes. You're going to see how um, the, the emissivity and, and reflectivity of the barbecue grill right? Versus just looking at something that is not reflective. You know, you get, I'm pretty sure if you just look at the grill, you're going to see yourself in the reflection. Right. 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 So what happens is that now, because that has low emissivity, it's going to reflect something with high emissivity, like a chair is going to absorb heat more likely. So you're going to see more of a thermal imprint on it. So when you open up that, um, that barbecue, after looking at it, see how the heat transfers, see how, um, see the different, signs of heat you can even shut down some of your burners and you can actually see your convection waves you could actually see the radiant heat you can actually see the conduction it's all on there you know but 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 start recognizing that stuff now so so when you see it you're more familiar with it i guess it's like back in the day they used to say take as listen to as many lung sounds as you can right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so what happens is that when you hear something different you may not know what it is but right. you know it's not right and he's right Listen, the more stuff you see with your thermal imager, the more stuff you're going to be like, yo, this looks dangerous. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving this job? So when I first started in the department, I was excited to be there, you know, and that was enough to keep me positive and motivated. Um, I think wanting to progress in your career is a good way to stay in the books and wanting to get progressive and, and, and motivated as well. Um, but, but my suggestion to, to, to firefighters out there is we wear way too many hats. Yeah, right? you, that is facts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a lot of stuff we need to know. And I'll tell you right now, if you need forcible entry info, don't come to this guy. You know, if you need vehicle extrication stuff, don't come to this guy. All right. D can I get through? Do I know how to cut a car? Yeah, but guess what? I want to have a resource there who is advanced in that stuff and we clean on each other. Mm -hmm. All right. So my thing is, I really feel you should find something that you're really passionate in and dive headfirst into that pool of information, bro. All right. I think that will keep you so passionate and into the job that you start finding people with like interests, you know, like, I'll tell you, a friend of mine is, is, is Sean Duffy. I'm throwing him a bone right now, but he's in huge into search, right. you know, and, and, uh, and I learned a lot of stuff from Sean about search. And then he started hooking up with other people who were really into search and learning more from them. And they all start picking their brain and throwing information out, out there, mm -hmm. you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think that's really, really important because it makes you feel like you're contributing. You find something you're interested in, you know, and then you can bring that stuff back to your people and be like, hey, man, check this out. Hey, learn this. Hey, check this out. What do you think? You know, how, how can we make this work for us? Right. And 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 hose stuff. We got guys who are into to hose all day, bro. Like like moving hose lines, nozzle forward work. Aaron Fields, man, that dude was legends. Um, and, and and now they're all bouncing things off each other, you know, and putting stuff out. But they find something they're interested in and they pour all their time, effort and energy into this topic or into those topics. And um, it's going to make you better. You know, in my department for a long time, I was kind of blessed because we had an SME or subject matter expert mm-hmm. in like a little bit of everything. You know, so I was like thermal imaging and fire behavior. I had two guys who were forcible entry. Right. I had two guys who were hose guys. I had two guys who were ladder guys. I had two guys who were um, uh, uh, motor vehicle accident extrication guys. So, so we always had a reference in our department, you know, right. and, 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 and even if, and even if the other 30 guys had, didn't care and just showed up and went to work, we still had those other 15 guys to bounce things off of and as references. Um, so, so my advice really is just to find something you really like, man, and pour your energy, time, and effort into it and learn everything you can about it. Because this field is so big, we can't be great at everything. It's not possible. It's not possible. Yeah, absolutely right. It's not. But I guess mean, what? be really freaking good at one thing right yeah you know? yeah yeah you can't i like i like how you said that you if you can't you can't i mean you can't be good at everything but at least be good at one thing in this job so now that's that's definitely facts 100 percent. cannot cannot yeah. argue yeah. with that with that at all because that's the thing too like we're having to do so much more with less too is the problem so like, cause if, cause if, if, if now one can't figure out, if the police can't figure out, they're going to go, Hey, uh, dispatch call, call, call the fire department. And we're going to come out there. We're going to go, okay, what we got. And then it is what it is. But I mean, yeah, we're wearing too many. No, I hear you. So I was talking to uh, a friend of mine up in Buffalo. I don't know. I think, you know, you know, Sean Egan. Yeah. 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 So I was talking to Sean and, and I'm pretty sure it was Sean. And um, he turned around and he goes, man, I don't know how you do it. He's like, I'm a truckie. He's mm-hmm. like, so I go in and I know what I know what my job is. My job is what? Force blanching, search, ventilation, right? Right. That's what they do. Yeah. Bro, you know, he doesn't like even the, all these big cities, they don't do half the stuff these small departments do. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you get a small department. Guess what? One day I'm a motor vehicle extrication technician. Uh, 20 minutes later, I'm an elevator technician. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes later, I'm a paramedic, right? An hour later, I'm now running a fire as a commander, incident commander, um, and 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 then maybe uh, uh, I don't know. I got to be a, a battery changer for for a a fire alarm <laughs> detector, right? Yeah, detector. Yeah, but 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 it's funny. It's like it's like we do so many things that I don't think people realize, um, and I mean the public. I don't think they know what we do. And in small departments, it's even harder because you may only show up with so many people, and then guess what? You are search and you are attack. You're both. Like we do search off our line as we're moving. Because thanks to all the surveys and research out there, we're finding that a lot of the um, uh, people are found from the fire to the egress, right? So we're kind of lucky with that. Right. Um, And and, and then once the hose line gets in play, then another team comes in and then they become search and then they start going to the fire room searching back. 
but but we don't have those resources there right away. Right. Especially especially because the hurricane now. So we had to change the way we did business because we don't have the response times we used to. We used to have three minute right behind each other, two, two three minutes. Now we're looking at seven to ten, mm-hmm. which is depending on where it is in the district. So so right. now we're doing a lot more cowboy work. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and guess what? That's OK. You know, just have a plan before you go in. And, and and that's what that's that's my advice to people in small departments is is what if everything to death, you know? Mm-hmm. Because guess what? It's just a matter of time before that what if becomes your reality. Absolutely, absolutely. And I've always said this before, and I'm not taking any shots at any uh, career firemen that work for large municipalities. But you know, you have some firemen that work for those big cities where. If they're on a truck, all they do is truck work. They will you mm-hmm. will never hear when they get on scene, yeah. hey, we need you to do an engine type duty. No, it's always truck work, trucks do truck work, engines do engines, rescues do rescues. But yep. smaller suburban urban departments have to be a jack of all trades. Yeah. Our guys jump off for our rescue as paramedics and they jump right into um search team. Okay. You know, I mean, I mean, it's just you need to utilize the people and our engineers work. You know, in these big places, all they do is pull a knob and chill. Right. <laughs> you know, right here. It's not like that because guess what? You need to work. Um, You got that line pulled. OK, cool. You got that line charged. OK, cool. Put the smoke curtain up at the entry door. OK, cool. You got that. All right, cool. Now feed some hose until they get to the base of fire. Cool. Mm-hmm. They got there. Good. Now pull the ladder up to division two uh, on the fire floor, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what this guy's doing. He's working because we're trying to get as much as we can done before the next unit comes in. So they're all ready to go to work. Right. You know, right. And, and it's, and it, and it's hard to do that when you're on limited staffing. Um, and, and I think it's even harder now than it's ever been with um, when you're looking at volunteers or orgs and stuff, they're having a hard time getting volunteers to work and even mm-hmm. getting to respond to jobs. And, uh, and the volunteers are the heart of the fire service. I think people forget that, mm-hmm. you know, um, the majority of firefighters are, are, are volunteer firefighters, which is how I started. So, so I always tell everybody, I don't do career versus volunteer, Danny. What I do is I turn around and say, all right, how many people here are volunteer? And they raise their hand, you know? And I go, all right, how many people here are paid? And they raise their hand. And I go, how many people here are professional? And they all kind of look at me like, what? And I said, and if you're sitting in my class, you yeah. all better raise your hand. Right. Because you guys are here because you care. And you're here because you're you're doing what's right for the job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You guys are professional. It don't matter if you get paid. It don't matter if you get volunteer. If you dedicate yourself to this job, in my eyes, you're a professional. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Whether you whether you're paid or not. I mean, it's it's all the same. You know, and I love hearing I love hearing like uh, newer firefighters talk about this place and that place. Listen, the difference between a big city and a, a little urban suburban area, it's just call volume. But if you break yeah. it down, it's the same calls. It's the same type of calls, mm-hmm. just on a grander scale. Absolutely. hundred percent. Guess what? They're still running fires. They're still running elevator rescues. They're still running NBCs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still doing the same thing we do. They just get more of it. Right. Um, and, and, and honestly, I'm going to bet you that more of it is probably medical jobs. Oh, for sure. For sure. Unless you, know? you work in a job town, you're not seeing many, many fires. Mm-mm. So, I mean, it, it, it all depends on your, your, the area, the demographics of your area. 
the the financial status of your area because i mean to be real yeah. mo- most of the areas where you're going to see fire it's high crime uh very low, low poverty, income. low income and older areas yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. all right um and, and the bad thing about it is that fort myers beach is going to be all new it's all going to be concrete block with sprinkler systems so i better get my fill now brother cause I don't know. <laughs> you don't know, when I don't know how much more time i got Unless, unless it's uh, unless it'd be in one of your mutual aid territories. Yeah, yeah, I'll be running to Iona. That's where I ran last night. Um, no, no, I'll tell you, it's it's good. And um, shout out to to the investigators and stuff out there because those guys really do keep us safe, man. They really do. They make sure that um, they take care of the people in the street. They make sure the alarm systems are running. They make sure that the egresses are are, are clear, and um, and they give us a lot of information on those structures that we don't get to put eyes on every day. Right. You know. Right. So um. So, so for officers and engineers and and even firefighters who, who genuinely care, if you have if you have a team like that, pick their brain and be like, hey man, what's the most messed up condo we have down here? Mm-hmm. What's the most crazy uh, apartment building that you've seen? What's the worst panel we have in our district? Right. And start picking their brain, man, because they see a lot more than we do every day. Right, right. And one thing. I don't know if a lot of people know Florida, Florida, you guys have your own challenges with hurricane type windows. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, what else do you know, what else do you guys have? Because like your type of windows, we're not going to have it here in North Carolina. No, no, we got hurricane windows, which uh, you, you can't cut with a regular saw blade. Um, we have uh, uh, generators. Uh, we mm-hmm. have solar panels. And solar panels are always always backfed. Right. Um, so so think of those lines always as charged um, from the box to the solar panel, but you can't shut them off. So even if you shut down the, the box at the at the uh, at the transfer case, right. that's just shutting your supply down to the house. Those lines from the solar panels to the box are still charged because that's all still. Uh, I guess it would be like residual pressure, right? If you're a pumper, right. Right. All that stuff is residual pressure in your line, you know, right. right. And, and you can't drain it. So just something to think about down here in Portland, Florida. So, so, so yeah, man, I think every area has their challenges. You know, I'll never forget when I was testing for officer and I was looking uh, Anthony Avillo's book, man. <laughs> I think we all had to, to, to learn that book, right. For uh, building construction and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, he talks a, a lot about knee walls and basements, you know, two things I don't have in Florida. You don't have basements. You know? Right. No, no, no. I had it up in New York. Right. You know, but, but but we don't have we don't have basements down here. So um, so, so it's interesting how every area you live has has different types of threats to mm-hmm. your district. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember fighting basement fires up in New York, and uh, I talk about it down here, and they're like, "Yo, that's crazy." I'm like, "No, nah, man, that's routine." You know, you talk to you talk to people up north, and they're like, "They're like, what do you mean you can't cut that window with a saw?" <laughs> You're like, "No, right, nah, man, that's right. real." You know, it's it's weird how every area has something different, and Absolutely. that and that goes back to knowing your district. Getting you know, out, you getting out of your station, yeah, getting out Absolutely. of your your station, doing building surveys. Um, I mean, you can't typically knock on a residential go and hey, you might feel like walk around your house, but you could definitely get out when the 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 um the house is under construction and ask the foreman, hey, do you mind if we look around see how they're building, how the you know how the uh, house is being constructed, things like yeah. that. You know what else I do a lot is on medical jobs. Oh, that's the perfect time, actually, in a house. <laughs> on yeah. medical jobs. Yeah. On medical jobs, I walk over when everything's like 
priority three routine, you know, job. And I'd be like, hey, man, what kind of construction is this? And my engineer would just look at me like, really, now? I'm like, yeah, man, <laughs> you know? Um, right. but, 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 but no, it's good because, because you're starting to recognize things. You're like, hey, man, you know, these, these windows are flush, so it's wood frame. Because we have mm-hmm. a lot of concrete block down here, so you have to be able to differentiate your concrete block versus your wood frame. We okay. also have a lot of stilt. We also have a lot of stilt homes down here. Okay. Um, which I don't think a lot of other districts have, probably. Right. Um, but 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 that's where where knowing your fire behavior comes in. You know, when you open up that front door, you want to see where that where that smoke is and thermal layer is coming from. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you come in and you have a, a, a bi-directional flow at the front door, it's probably on the same level. You know, if you open up and you have uh, no flow at the front door. It's probably above you. If you open up the front door and you got unidirectional flow coming out your front door, it's probably beneath you. You know, but these are things that 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 most people probably don't have to deal with because they don't deal with that type of construction. Exactly. You know. Right. Right. So, so I mean, it's exactly. short, short. A long story short is get anybody wherever you're at within the region of the country, get out and know your area. Get out and know your districts. Hmm. Absolutely. I'm saying that, that, that it's your district, make it yours. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. it's your yeah. district, make it yours. Right. I, I, I'm not in small departments. It's hard because we're always bouncing from house to house. Mm-hmm. You know, Hey man, this house needs coverage. You're moving down there. Hey, this house needs coverage. You're moving down here, but you should have uh, an area that's your area. Learn that area and, 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 and make it yours. You know, you shouldn't have to look on a map for this address. You should know where that street is, you know? Um, you should know where where your your um your your high profile structures are. You know, I, I shouldn't tell you, hey man, you're responding to the library, and you're like, yo, where's that? Come on, man, let's talk. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, what are your ultimate goals? Whether short term topic, man, but no, no, it's fine. Like, I, I love, can, I love. We can talking go down. Shop. We can go down rabbit holes. I, I have no, I have no issues. I have no issues. But with that being said, what are your ultimate goals, whether short term or long term? So long term is kind of hard for me because I'm old. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fifty this week. So my long term, I guess, is retiring, not, brother. Fifty <laughs> is technically not old. Yeah, I know, I know. But some days I wake up and I feel it. Oh yeah, um, no, trust me. <laughs> that that I agree with you hundred percent. You wake up in the morning and you're like, "Ooh, that used to not hurt like it hurts now." So I get it. I'll tell you, it's kind of funny, man. You, you asked me what my ultimate goals are for the current and future. Um, I don't think I'm like other firefighters. I think I'm kind of twisted because guys my age are like, yo, I can't wait to retire, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not like that, man. Like, I'm like, hey, man, what are you looking forward to? Oh, I got five years left. Oh, I got four years left. I got three years left. I'm not like that, man. I'm like, I'm like, I can leave in five, but I love what I do. Okay. So my thing is more like, what can I make better in five years? Whether it's in my district, whether it's in my uh, house, whether it's on my shift, you know, like I'm kind of, I'm kind of weird like that. I think Um, like, of course, my ultimate goal is to teach more about thermal imaging and fire behavior. I think thermal imaging, fire behavior, and I'm going to throw building instruction in there are probably three of the most um, under taught topics in the fire service. And to me, it's kind of crazy because I studied, I played, I played baseball. And I studied my opposing pitcher more than we study fire behavior and enemy that can kill us. You know, it's like, hey, man, imagine going into war, right? And being like, hey, man, I want you to go and, and take over this land. Cool. What's the terrain like? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Cool. What kind of issues do they have? I don't know. 
cool. How many troops do they have? I don't know. You're going in there blind, right? If you have all that information, why go in there blind? Right. Right. I, I think, I think, I think those two topics to me, or those three topics to me are probably under, under instructed and they have some great um, instructors out there for all of those topics. Absolutely. You know, and I don't know if it's like people like jump, like, Hey man, I'd rather jump out of buildings and repel, you know, but I think Andy Frederick said it best, right? Andy Frederick said, Hey man, if you put the fire out, you don't got to jump out the building. Right. And that, and that's, that may not be an exact quote, but man, it makes sense. You know, it's like learn the basics and build off them. So, 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 so my thing is always to, my ultimate goal is to make other firefighters better. There's nothing better than seeing my, my crew promote my crew um succeed when my crew does get on a fireman i feel great right you know i'm not gonna lie to you i mean to me there's nothing better um i like to teach firefighters how to make aggressive educated decisions um i want to improve their efficiency through thermal imaging and help keep them safe um i've been really blessed with opportunities to pass on the information from my mentors and myself um i've been blessed to be in firehouse uh, firehouse expo firehouse world um, this year I did FDIC. Um, I've been blessed that people let me into Fire Engineering Magazine and Firehouse Magazine. Um, I've been blessed to to pass opportunities around the, the state and 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 other states about thermal imaging and fire behavior. Um, I really think that that the the legacy I want to leave when I retire is I want firefighters to say that guy did a lot for the department or. Um, or even better, I think I wanted to say that that guy really helped me in my career. Okay. You know, um, you can only influence so many, but, but but if I could help somebody and they turn around 10 years down the line and be like, wow, I'm glad Joe taught me that, that that's fulfilling to me, mm-hmm. you know, because I was able to help somebody. Absolutely. Uh, um. I looked at the presenters when I was going to all these conferences and, uh, and my goal was like, man, I want to be that guy. You know, I want to be the guy helping other people. Um, I saw brother Andy Starnes passing on a message and I was like, I want to help him. You know, I want to do whatever I can to pass on his message. Um, and, and, and I, and I hope I did him proud or I'm doing him proud, you know? Um, I think, I think the, everybody's long-term goal should be making things better for the people they're with the department they serve and the department in the street and the people in the street rather i think if you could do those three things and you're successful everything else brother's a bonus you know if 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 i could get out and teach a class and, and teach somebody something mm-hmm. then that's cool man you know mm-hmm. then that means that, that that means that that they're one step ahead of where they were right um I always said I wanted to write a book, but then I realized I'm really not interesting. <laughs> that and that, I'm sure there's a lot of work that goes into doing a book too. I mean, so some people say the process really isn't hard, but I'm like, you gotta have an idea, chapters, and yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think my my thing, Danny, is I kind of talk like I write the way I talk. Mm-hmm. You know, so like even when I write articles, I get it back corrected, and the whole thing is read. Like, hey, man, I fixed all this. And I was like, well, okay. Well, the message got out. <laughs> right, right. But, but, but you know, it's like, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm just, 
blessed with the opportunities that I had. And if I could help somebody, and that's including all your listeners, man. Honestly, if any of your listeners need anything, um, have them reach out to me. I'll help them with whatever I can, um, especially thermal imaging and fire behavior related. Okay. Uh, I, I really feel that information you hoard can be used to save your ass someday. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think hoarding information is, is an absolute, uh, I hate people like that who say, Hey, I, I know something you don't, and I'm going to hold it over your head, man. You know, it's like, Hey, look what I know. Like, All right, cool. Show me. Because mm-hmm. one day that could be your ass in a sling, and I could use that information to get you out of it. Right, right. And you what know? good? And what good is it if you if you hold if you hold that information to yourself? You know, you're not making the service better. You're just using it as a crutch for yourself. And listen, man. If people want, if people want to listen to my information, that's cool. You know, if, if they don't, that's cool too. Um, but I'm also that guy who's like, hey, man, don't say I didn't tell you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one question I have for you, is it surreal when you, when you go to like FDIC and you're presenting along with like, I'm just going to throw examples out there. Like you said, Andy Starnes, like chief Brian brush, like, is it like, is it an awe feeling? Like I'm surrounded by all these, what I call the greats. Yeah, I I do too. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to reflect back to, to my first, um, firehouse conference um it was up in baltimore and i was following all these guys on social media and and i'll knock some of them out it was john dixon ryan pennington john haywick of course andy starnes joe starnes warren whitley um uh, jim moss uh, dan kerrigan and i could go on and on man there were so many people who were there who i who i sucked up their information you know what i mean like a sponge and uh I showed up there and I was like, Hey man, you know, it's so nice to meet you. And I was like, bro, I was like, uh, I guess it would be like when I was a kid going to like Shea stadium, watching okay. the Mets play, you okay. know, I was like, Oh man, look, it's Keith Hernandez. Right. Look, it's Kyle and right. I know I'm dating myself, but I already have done that. Um, so, so it was really cool for me, man. You know, and then t- to finally get the call was extremely humbling. Um, it was nerve wracking. I didn't want to let Pete Matthews down because he was the first person to give me a chance. And I was really, really scared. I was going to disappoint him. Um, my, my class went off really, really well. Um, and, and it was really surreal. Like you said, being in the speaker room and watching who's walking in. Right. You know, and, 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 and the weird thing is, is that these people are just passionate firefighters like us, man. They really are. And they all started where we are. Mm-hmm. And, and when you talk to most of these guys, they're like, hey, man, you know what? We just love the service. We love what we do. And we want to be able to help you. So, so yeah, man, you look at these people. Like, I'll throw them out there, man. Lasky, Vescuso, um, Mark Van Appen. Um, there's so many people. I could go on forever. Salka. I mean, I could go on forever with, with all of the uh, – with Billy Goldfeder, all these people who have influenced and helped me along the way. Um, I'm going to say utilize every person out there to learn from, you know, okay. and, 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 and if something you want to do is, is go out and be an instructor, start small. I'll tell you, I did the, uh, the great Florida fire school. I was honored to have the ability of doing that for a few years down here in Florida. And the first year I bought in 
uh, a few of my friends like uh, like Dan Kerrigan, David Wagranski, um, John Dixon came down, uh, Dan Kerrigan, and, and all these guys, and it was it was cool. Um, but but then like after that, I was like, you know what? I want to give these new guys a chance. So like Sean Duffy, Nick Lapard, you guys, I'm sure you heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave them an opportunity. Pablo um, Jenner, I gave him an opportunity. And, and my thing is that like. I think that if you're ever given an opportunity, it's your job to give others an opportunity. It's your job to pay that forward to the people because the people before us, listen, are we really doing anything different than our forefathers? Right. I mean, yeah, I guess we're in a truck now, right? Compared to a horse. And- <laughs> right, <laughs> but, right, right. But, but, but I mean, honestly, all, all these guys were in the same seats we were for years, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, 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 even Andy told me, he goes, hey, man, all I ask it from you is just pass on the message, educate others. And that's and that's really how the service should be, man. You know, I get really frustrated when I see instructors or, or people on social media who try to make it about them. You know, hey, this is my information. No, it's not, man. People have been doing that for years. Now, you may have tactics and techniques and stuff that you make. God bless you. That's awesome. And I'm going to learn from you, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but. But as a whole, I think I, I think firefighting is firefighting. You know, I, I I think it's stuff that we have always done. Right. Um, I I think that that techniques have changed and and maybe some tactics have changed due that, to the due to the construction that we cha- have right, changed and, right. and the uh, and the uh, belongings inside the structure have changed. Yeah. But overall, what are we doing? We're putting fire out. You know. And, and, and the people who are up there teaching right now are the same people who are sitting in the jump seat back in the day. Right. All right. And, and, and I'm telling you right now that, that most of them haven't, haven't even changed, you yeah. know, they're yeah. there for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. I got you hundred uh, percent. And to add, add on to what you said, one big thing that has changed is the time that we have, to get in these structures to put this fire out due to <laughs> type of furniture, uh, chemicals being involved. Yeah. So yeah, it's, so it's actually, a- it's actually putting us in a, in a, in a crunch where time is a huge factor now. So I'm not laughing at you, bro. What I'm laughing at is in my class, I tell everybody, I said, I'm 15 to 20 times better than my dad. Because <laughs> 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 everything is growing 15 to 20 times faster than what they had. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. like back in the day, a room would flash over in 30 minutes. Now it's three minutes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, 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 I, tell, so I get a kick out of that, man, because it's like it's the one thing I could hold over my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, man, I'm 15 to 20 times better than you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in your opinion, what key elements or factors are needed to make a good firefighter regardless of rank? Man, I'll tell you what, if you haven't heard from the stuff I've been spewing, I think a good firefighter just needs to care. Just care, man. Care about the service. Care about the people. Care about the people you serve. Care about the people you're with. Mm-hmm. All right? Even if you even if you don't dig them. I mean, there are people out there that I've worked with where I'm like, man, I really don't like this guy. But you know what? I care about him because he's there. And right. I do whatever I can to help him. And I do whatever I can to, 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 help, to, to make him better. Um. If you could just care about the job, you are so far ahead than the majority of the people who are on it. And I, I hate saying that. It's not right, Danny. 
I mean, it, it, it's crazy that I even have to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, care about the trucks, man. Care about the tools. Care about the equipment. Bro, care about the station. For real. Facts. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Want to say it again? Can you say it again louder for the ones in the back? Bro, care about the station. Yeah. You know? It, it, care about – this is your house, bro. For a third of, of your life, you live there. Yep. Make it yours. Make it yours. Show some pride in it. I'm telling you, for all those people who haven't read it yet, check out Lasky's Pride and Ownership book. All right? I, I don't mind plugging people because guess what? They helped me. Mm-hmm. And and they helped me realize to stay true who I am and not and, and not follow those demons. And I call them demons just because they get in your head. You know what I mean? And they kind yeah. of beat away at you. Yeah. Um, but 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 don't follow those demons, man. Do what's right for the job. You know, and if you care about those things, you're going to improve every day. My goal is this. I want to first improve myself. Once I improve myself, then I look to improve my crew. Once I improve my crew, then I worry about improving the department. All right. You need to focus on what you control and what you can improve. And like I said, if all you can improve is yourself, then do that every damn day. If you're in an officer spot or, or, or a step up, guess what? Improve your crew every damn day you're there. If you're a BC or above, improve your department every damn day you're there. I don't care what you do. It could be something simple. But guess what? You left it better than how you found it. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm. Chief bonus, Chief Brunacini. And I'm going to, I misquote, hey, just so you know, I misquote everything. So I'm going to preface that before I I'm tell the story. Judging. Yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. Chief Brunacini told the story. I'm pretty sure it was him. It was about how a new firefighter for the first year was thanking him every day, telling him how blessed he was to have the job, uh, how much he loved the department. Yo, day 366, the same firefighter was like, yo, you've been screwing this. For, you've been screwing us for years. <laughs> it's like it's a learned behavior from the from the people on the floor. Mm-hmm. Don't let mm-hmm. those demons get in your head. Yeah. All right. Because you can't tell me in 366 days that Chief Brunacini screwed you over. I'm using that as an example because to me that's stuck, you know, like if I have a guy who has been good for 365 days and all of a sudden he changes, that's a problem to me about the people who he's with. Absolutely. Because somebody put that in his head. Absolutely. So, yes, so, so I think, I just think that that's a really funny story, man. And, and, and to me, that's, that's, that's a person who is filled with darkness because someone's not controlling it and, and letting it in. You know? Yes. Yes. And and as a department, if 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 I have any chief officers or or line officers listening to that, if you allow that to happen, then you're you're no better than the individual. Once you see it, try to find the try to find the culprit and 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 put an end to it. Because once it spreads within your department, it's like a cancer. It's over. So, I agree a hundred percent. I'm going to tell you that. Some people you can't change no matter what. You remember Absolutely. I was talking about the circle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yes. and, and, and like and, and like stay within your circle. So so you, you said find that culprit. I'm all about that. Absolutely. Bite that in the butt before it grows. Right. Mm-hmm. But my thing is like take that dude aside or or, or 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 lady aside and be like, hey man, let me ask you a question. What makes you think this way? Why do you feel this way? I want to know why you feel this way. Because as we're human beings. Right. And I think that sometimes we forget that we act more like robots. And I think that we're human beings and we need to spend 
And people are going to be like, oh, here comes uh, one of them huggy, touchy, tree-hugging guys. But that's not it, man. Right. You know, my thing is more like my job as an officer or above or even an engineer or even just as a human being is to make sure people are cool. Hey, man, are you all right? What's going down? Why do you feel that way? You know, what happened to you to make you change? Mm-hmm. Why? And, and so, so I'll tell you a story about me. When I first became a permanent acting VC, which sounds really freaking weird, right? Um, <laughs> permanent acting VC. Um, I took my guys in and I had them write down certain things. Okay? okay. One of the things I had them write down is why they got in the fire service in the first place. Okay. And then I said, I'm going to collect all this and I want you to remember it. So when things start going bad, I want you to reflect on why you got in this field in the first place. So when you start hearing people saying, oh, this guy has been screwing me for all these years. How is he screwing you? Do you have pay? Do you have benefits? Do you have right. days off? Yeah. Do you have training opportunities? Do you have the ability to develop? Yeah. Okay. Listen, politics. Now, I may be going on, and I told you a little bit about my story beforehand, and I'm, I'll talk to you a little bit about it later. But my thing is this, is that if I, I honestly think that fire department politics causes more PTSD and mental anguish on anybody than the calls we run. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, yeah. I'm not a scientist or or – or, or uh, uh, I don't even know what they would call them, a, brine, a, a psychologist, I guess. But but I could tell you that that the shit that goes on in the fire stations and the department has screwed me more than any job I've ever been on. Absolutely, yeah. The so, amount so, of the, the amount of politics that, and I actually I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go a, a one step further and say I'm gonna try to figure out how to word this right. I think. <laughs> A lot of our issues, <laughs> I think a lot <laughs> of our issues stem from politics within the fire service. You know, instead Absolutely, of fo- instead of focusing on the job, we, we focus on the little things that we can't control that just snowball into something bigger than it really needs to be. No, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. And by going back to those circles of, of control that we talked about, if people focused more on their circle of control, I think they'd be surprised at, at how much better their life would be because they're mm-hmm. not letting all this stuff phase them, you know? So my wife has a tattoo and it's, it says it is what it is. And I'm telling you right now, it was my least favorite saying of all time. And I always said it is what it is because people allow it to be that way. Okay. All right. But then I realized, you know what? For some things, it just is what it is. Right. I can't fix it. I can't control it. So what can I fix? I can't fix that admin is buying a truck with a high hose bed. So you know what? Let me focus on training my crew how to pull that shit off quick and get a quick break to water time. Mm-hmm. Cuz that's what I can control. Mm-hmm. And th- and that's how you have to kind of spin it, man. Instead of focusing on stuff that's out of your realm, focus on what you can control and make that better. And when you're doing that, you're going to realize that you're improving your crew, you're improving morale, and everything mm-hmm. else is falling into place. Absolutely. And I feel bad for the people because I was that way where I didn't have a crew that was all in. You know what I mean? I had a crew who was there and existed. So I had to go outside to get my um, information, my training, my um, feeling of, I guess, feeling of success, which is not really a good word because I'm not successful. I'm just learning every day but but my feeling of achievement that's even better um 
so so I found out that I have a lot more support outside my my department mm-hmm. than I do inside mm-hmm. because inside everybody's having the same gripes and issues and and and, and when I reach outside of, of my department I realize that they either tell me Joe you're an idiot let it go or they're like yeah man you're right I feel for you we did this we had the same problem we did this you know because like I kind of put it with training if you have a swing set in your backyard right and you ride that swing set every damn day until it breaks and that's all you have you get bored you don't know what to do so what you need to do is you need to find something else to play with mm-hmm. so training is the same way if you pull the hose the same time every way if you and here's an example pre-connects bam i'm dropping it all right pre-connects everybody uses them because they're easy they're quick pulls they're fast right especially with diminished types of uh of, of personnel mm-hmm. um how, however it's not always the best bet so people are pulling pre-connects to the off uh, to the bravo charlie corner and realizing oh man guess what i'm out of hose because it's long setback right you know what i mean but right. it's such a developed thing that they've been training with forever that that's what they know they're not taught anything else right. like, hey man guess what Let, let's do a garden light you know or something different so so it's kind of weird but but it's like I, I guess what I'm saying is is that we go back to what we know and, and not only in training, but in life. Mm-hmm. And if, and if that's all we know, that's what we're going to run with. Yeah. So we need to get outside of our department. We need to get outside of our comfort zone and we need to learn what else is out there because it's only going to make us better. Absolutely. Absolutely. As the saying goes, you don't know what you don't know. Get out of your oh. own wheelhouse and, and see what else is out there because um, your department if all you know is your department ways, when you actually get out there and and train somewhere else or in another jurisdiction's area, you're, you're going to be amazed. Though, wow, I didn't know this. It's because you yeah, yeah, your real. real house. And they have so many conventions and and uh, micro conferences, conferences and stuff yeah. to go to. I am I am throwing the gauntlet route right now to to your listeners and telling them, I know it's expensive. And I'm not saying go to FDIC because that's costly. I'm mm-hmm. not saying go to Firehouse because it's costly. But go to something that's in your area. Mm-hmm. In, in Florida, we have Fort Lauderdale. We have Orlando. We have North Florida. We have Pensacola with um, CFFP, um, with Kurt Isaacson. Um, we have resources. Uh, I know Georgia has MAPSI. Mm-hmm. You know, um, th- they have stuff out there. I'm challenging you to just go once. Just go once. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you that you are going to have your eyes opened to something you never knew. Mm-hmm. And it may not even be on the training ground. It may be afterwards sitting at the bar having a drink, talking to, to, to all the firefighters. Because we learn tactics there on the on the training ground. But then we learn firehouse politics back at the bar or at dinner. Absolutely. You know, and, and I'll tell you that that learning that and getting outside my circle has opened up my eyes so much things that are out there that it's made me not only a better firefighter, but it's made me a better person. I think of as a whole, because um, I'm a lot more understanding now than I think I've been in the past. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. because I'm older, but, but I think it's because I have a better understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, everything you just said right there is facts. And that's what I tell any fireman I meet. So that's what I told my new fireman, get out of your own wheelhouse, man. I'm telling you, go take outside training because what you think, Oh, my department sucks at this, or this is the crazy stuff that's going on. When you talk to somebody else, and they're like, "Nah, dude, this is what we do," and you're like, "Oh, 
Like, you, oh, so we don't have it as bad as I think we do. Yeah, well, get out of your own little bubble. That's one way to look at it. But my other way to look at it is that you're bringing things back that can help, you know? Um, oh, yeah, no, no, no absolutely. But, no, I, I, no, I know, yeah. I'm joking. I, I agree, though, because people who are really upset with, with what they're going through only know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't know what anybody else is going to. But I'm telling you right now that the more you get out, I can go to other fire departments around the country and I have, and I'm looking, I'm like, Oh, this guy's just like so-and-so for my department. This guy's just like so-and-so for my department. You know, you could name the same people. And, and, and then you look and you hear them talking you're like, Oh, they have the same problems mm-hmm. or, or they have worse problems or they have different problems, you know? And, and, and what's that term? The grass is always greener over the septic tank. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that one, but okay. 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 It's no. only because it's filled with shit. Right, right, <laughs> it's right. Fertilizer, it's you know fertilizer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely, absolutely get you. Um, so in your opinion, what do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? One thing. Well, one thing. Well, I kind of hit on it here is, is get into the job. Okay. Don't be just on the job. Get into the job. Uh, the next thing would be uh, find a firehouse kitchen table i guess you can call it where you have people who are like-minded passionate firefighters um that you can bounce things off of um i i honestly think that that seeing like we talked about just now is seeing things outside of your area makes it easier for you to swallow what's going on in your area um and i think science I think it's funny how a lot of us are EMS based and we all follow science, but our fire service doesn't seem to follow science as much. We're more tradition based. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying kind of open up your mind a little bit more and see what else is out there. Um, I'm going to, this is going to be hard to, to swallow, but I'm throwing it out there. You ready? Yeah. Stop promoting degrees. That's a hot topic. Okay. Yeah. I'm throwing it out there. So I've had multiple people in higher ups with master's degrees who were the worst leaders I've ever had. Okay. A degree does not make you a good person. It made you jump through the hoops. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think it's horrible that I've seen many leaders put to the backside because they didn't have a bachelor's degree when they should, would have been the best officers our department has seen. Mm-hmm. I think that we're focusing more on paper than we're focusing on personal leadership skills and development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Focus people who make focus on promoting people who make other people better. Just because you have a degree doesn't mean you're better than me. It just means you jump through different hoops. Because I'm telling you right now, I know a lot of people with master's degrees who never went to a conference in their life to better themselves, but they have everything they need to promote and jump through the hoops. Now, I'm not saying that bad. Education to me is extremely important. It's going to make you more knowledgeable. When you're more knowledgeable, you're a better asset. I'm not doubting that at all. What I am saying is that there, you need to maybe start on a point system or something where you turn around and say, hey, guess what? You have a degree, so I'm going to give you two points for your degree. Okay? Um, I, I really feel that we're missing out on wonderful fire service leaders because they're not seeking degrees. Because this service is a hands-on Votech service that they're turning into a white-collar career. And, and, and I think that if you're going for an officer spot 
or you're going for a BC spot, you don't need that. You need to be a leader. You need to develop your people. You need to make your crew better. You are a servant to the people who are working in the field. And I think people forget that. I think that a degree is is very good when you get into higher management, like fire chiefs, assistant chiefs, and because now mm-hmm. you're getting into budgeting and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yep. I ain't going to lie to you. Math is way out of my realm. I'm not even sure how I was a medic, man. I was kind of like, or an engineer. I was like, hey, man, is that good? Yeah, all right, we're good. You know? <laughs> but, 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 but I, really, I really feel like we're missing out on wonderful leaders because we're focusing on the wrong things. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely uh, correct. And, and the last thing I think that the American Fire Service can improve on is I call it fifth due quarterbacking. Okay. Okay. I think I think call review is absolutely brilliant and needs to be discussed. I think attacking the people who are on scene making those decisions is not the right thing to do. Um, I, I think that that you're you need to realize that a lot of people are in positions without any leadership or development. I think a lot of people are in positions just because they were there at the time. And they have to make decisions. Um, and I honestly think that that social media while and YouTube, while it has been great, and I'm not going to lie to you, I'm, I'm a huge uh, supporter of, of YouTube fire service because I learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that the way we tear each other up all the time is, is destroying the brotherhood that we call the fire service. I think that um, we kind of lost the support of each other. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's a generational thing cause I'm old or, or, or if it's a, just the time we're in, but, but, but I'm more like a, Hey man, let's talk about what went down and why and what we can do to make it better. I think blasting people on, on social media is going to destroy the individual making that decision. Who's just trying to get better. Now, I'm not saying some people need to get called out. I'm not saying that at all. I've seen some calls where I'm like, hey, man, that dude needs to get pulled aside and get taught. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what went on. I don't know how that person became an officer. I don't know that person's experience. And it's really easy when a guy's running 15,000 jobs a year to pick on the guy who's running 130 jobs a year, you know, because they have that experience that, that we don't have. Right. Um. And by 130, I'm probably being generous. You know, I'm just throwing numbers out there. Right, right. Um, but I honestly think that that some of it is is destroying people who are trying to be better. If that makes any sense. Yeah. No, every, every no everything you just said, man. I, I've either have said it myself or I've heard other distinguished leaders like you have said. I mean, education is a hot topic, and I firmly agree 100%. Do you need to have a four-year degree or a master's degree to be a fire captain officer? No. I think as you promote up the ranks to deputy, assistant, fire chief, commissioner, however you want to call it, whenever you have to present your ideas to uh, council, city managers, town managers, budgets, all that, yes, that's when all that comes into play. But to ride a fire truck to have that? No. Absolutely not. And if you have that, I'm not knocking you. That's hard work. That's money. Your student loans you're having to pay back, all that good stuff. But that when you have 
certain departments or agencies that are using that as a pedestal to make it where this person has a four year, this person doesn't. But on the fire ground, the person that doesn't is well respected while the other person is not. And they still go with that other person that just has the 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 education. That's where I see the 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 trend is not right because you can read anything in a book, but to me, street experience goes over that any day of the week. Absolutely. And that's where I go into conventions. I really feel that that conventions and, and getting the hands-on experience for the lack of fires that we have is going to expose you to things you probably haven't seen in your district. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I got a question for you, brother. Yeah. I'm going to throw it at you. I, I, I know it's your show, man. I don't know. No, you're good. Over, but I got to ask good. you, what's your question about, how do you feel about passion in the fire service? How do you view passion? I think passion goes a long way because I firmly believe I have a passion for the fire service. So with my passion, it keeps me disciplined to keep going where if I, if I go to work and we're out training uh, with, with multiple companies, but you have a company that doesn't want to really be there and you can see in their work ethic, I tend to just move away and continue to do my thing because what we do here, it's hard work. Okay. The fire service is hard work. If you think work in five or 10 minutes. So here's one thing. Here's my biggest takeaway. So I just came back from Tennessee for, from the from the Bears of the Oath, the uh, Jamaica oh, Great conference. Thing. Great conference. Yeah. Yep, yep. So we worked a 10 and a half hour day. I'm talking about like it was crawl, walk, run, where you start at this station, you're only wearing gear or, you know, just p- pants, helmet, uh, gloves. And as it continued to go up, they added your turnout coat. All right. They added your air pack. And then your final scenario after a long day being in the hot, humid weather of Tennessee was your skill scenario. Our scenario lasted 35 minutes. Most (laughs) most of the time when when I'm at work, our evolution is 10, 15 minutes tops. So you got to have grit in this job just because your body goes hey, I'm tired, doesn't mean you have to stop. You have to keep going. It's a mindset thing. If you can change your mind to go, yeah, I'm a little tired, but I'm going to keep going, that goes a long way. Like this morning before this interview with you, I worked out today. I don't want to, I don't want people to think like, oh, I love working out. Granted, I kind (laughs) of do, but there are days where I don't want to do it, but I force myself to do it because it's the precedence of this is my job. Our job is not easy. You can't pick and choose which call you're going to go on. And you can't go, you know, it's 90 degrees in the hot out. I, I, I don't really want to go work out. But what happens when you get that fire? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I think passion and you have to have passion if you want to have a good work ethic in this profession. That's just me. Boom. That was, bro, I just saw your mic dropped on the floor. Look at that. that was, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good, man. I, I'm going to I'm going to lead in. I don't know. You know Basil out of uh, Orlando. Oh, I am. I'm a huge fan of because I've listened to his story, and he he will tell you he was a I think three hundred something pound out of shape dude. He saw some local firemen coming to the pizzeria he worked at, and you know he wanted to give it a shot. And seriously, without discipline, look at Basil now. Basil to me is a is a 
he's so humble that I'm sure if I mention this in front of him, he's going to go, no, nah, man, I'm just a regular dude. But Basil he will. He will. <laughs> is, he's the, uh, he is the shining one of the shining examples of what we need to be like in this fire service. It takes hard work to do this shit. People think it doesn't, but it does. So Basil's throwing, uh, so Basil's throwing a class right now. It's called like worst shift ever or something like that. But, and again, I told you, I'm really bad at quotes, man. But it's like best shift ever, or worst shift ever, something like that. Um, and it's 24 hours of getting whipped. 24 hours, yes. 24 oh, hours of getting whipped. One one bad shift, I think it was called. One bad like shift. That. There you go. Yeah. You're, you're bailing me out. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna text me later, be like, "Man, you're an idiot. It's all wrong." <laughs> <laughs> no, man. But 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 I'll tell you what. I don't know if it's something that I can do at 50 years. I don't know if if I am physically able to work for 24 hours anymore. But I'm gonna tell you that that if you're a young passionate firefighter who's looking to see how the mind works he's a brilliant that's a brilliant class to take i'm going to throw another one at you is rick george i don't know if you know rick, rick george, george yes. yep rick george he's another one who does a great thing about how the mind works mm -hmm. um, especially in stressful situations i remember the story and again i'm a storyteller because i'm a, that's what old people do right they, they like look up all the actors in the <laughs> shows they're watching and they talk about and they tell stories but um he was telling me a story, I'm pretty sure it was him, about how there was a, a flashover and a fire, and there were two small windows on the side and a big mm -hmm. bay window in the middle. Mm -hmm. But the mind just takes over where I need to find find a way out, and they lose all ability to think logically, I guess, you know? And he tried, and unfortunately, he died in the flashover in the small window when there was a big bay window right next to it that he could just climbed out of. Okay. And, and again, my facts may be off a little bit, but... But to me, it's just crazy how the mind works. And you never really know until you put your mind to the test. Absolutely. Um, so, so for those of you listening, if you want to learn about that stuff, look up Rick George and, uh, and, and of course, Basil out of Orlando. Um, I, I think th they run two great courses that really put you to the test and, and let you see what you're actually made of. And, and I put it this way. If you have a car and you just drive it 30 miles an hour the whole time, right? You never really know what can do. Mm -hmm. But you take it on a track, and you're going to learn what your car can and can't do real quick. Mm -hmm. This is kind of like putting your brain on a track. All right? Um, so I strongly suggest to, to, you, to your listeners to look into this stuff and, and learn about it. Because um, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's really interesting. And, and the techniques and, and lessons you're going to learn there can really help you when you do have that bad day. Yeah, no, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned Rick George because last night um Logan Broberg from Kissimmee, Logan, uh, yeah. he's got yep, the yep, yep. distinguished mustache. When you see it, you're like, Oh, I know who that dude is. <laughs> I hit, know that guy. <laughs> he hit me up last night. He's like, Hey man, um, because he helped me out when I was in Tennessee on breathing techniques. And yep, um, yep. he said, Hey, I forgot to give you this. Here's a couple of videos, and then he gives me the number uh of an individual, but he didn't say who it was. And when I clicked on the video, I'm like Oh shit. I was like, that's Rick George. And so <laughs> I told him, I said, I said, Hey dude, that's Rick George. You just sent me. He was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought I told you it was, but I must've forgot. But anyway, no, those two, those are the guys I look at because this is how I look at it too. You don't know what your mind and your body can do until you push it to its limit. Now yes, you have yes. to do it. Um, sensibly don't go outside when it's 95 degrees, you've never worked out in heat. And, and you, yeah. you go do some crazy hour and a half workout. No, 
whenever whenever you're you're working out and you get to a point of of ex- you're you're tired, do one more rep or one more round. That's how yeah. you push your body. That's how you start training. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Yep. And 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 <laughs> so what you just said to me is what the fire service is about. That's what the fire service is about. Hey man, I got something that can help you. I have something that can help make you better. I have something that can help you learn something. That's reaching out to each other and getting the information and getting techniques, tactics. I don't care what it is. It's all about helping each other improve because mm-hmm. the service is only as good as its weakest link. Right. Look at the newspaper. It don't say Joe DeVito got pulled over for drunk driving. It uh-huh. says firefighter, firefighter got pulled over, blah, blah, blah. I am now your weakest link. Yep. And now you're all shined on. Yep. Or let's take it, let's take it one step further. Firefighter arrested for arson. Right? Now what happens? Now we show up on a job. We got we got an image. That's bad. Yep. You know, and, and I think people kind of forget that too, is that when you put that Maltese cross on your shirt or you put it on your car or you put it wherever, you represent me. Mm-hmm. You represent you. Yep. You represent the you represent the people listening to to your podcast. Yeah. And, Do it and, proper, man. And, and here's another thing. You represent that 24-7, 365, regardless of being off duty or on duty. They do not care. You know, some so I think some firemen forget that. Well, I'm not at work today. You still represent your organization because if Absolutely. the news if the newspapers find out, not only is it going to say firefighter, you better believe it's going to say Fort Myers Beach firefighter, FDNY oh, yeah. firefighter. Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. they're they're gonna be hard to, to to let people know what organization it is. And once you're in the media, everybody knows because they Absolutely. run with that. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 I asked you a question about passion because I'm I'm very I'm a very passionate, caring person. Um and I want to tell you a little bit about my story if we have some time. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I know you said you want so, to talk so, about it. Go ahead. Yeah. So 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 my story is a little a little Sad, and I'm going to somber it down a little bit, but I want people to know. Um, so I, I was a very passionate person. I was mm-hmm. working in the fire department. I was I was working a thousand hours of overtime, eight hundred to twelve hundred, fourteen hundred hours of overtime for five years in a row, on top of the three thousand hours we already do. You know, right? Um, plus, I was teaching at the fire academy. Plus, I was teaching at paramedic school, EMT school. Plus, I was running a or working with a, a a fire convention down here in Fort Myers. Plus, I was trying to get my thermal imaging fire behavior uh, lessons down here that I was teaching, and uh, and, and eventually, um, I wound up, I guess, burning out. All right, I got into a problem where uh, I basically got into an argument with one of the chiefs, and uh, I got sent on on leave. For a few months and they sent me to a psych and the psych said yeah you're diagnosed with chronic burnout syndrome and chronic stress disorder so i said okay cool i get it but um and the reason why i say this is because passion in my opinion could be a two-headed sword if that makes any sense it, it's great because it keeps you going um but can also bite you in the ass when you don't find the balance of the sword mm-hmm. okay um, and, and what I mean by that is that I put every breathing moment into the fire service and I forgot about, 
I didn't forget about my family at all. That's not what I'm saying. But but I forgot about things that were important because I focused so much on the job that I kind of put other things on the back burner, you know, and it wound up messing with my psychological um, mindset, which I never really knew until uh, other people called me out on it. And, and I was, you know, I, I put myself into a little financial hole because when I was home, finally home, I was out spending money on my family. Hey, let's go shopping. Let's go eat. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And credit cards, you know, um, because you're trying to make up for what you've missed. If that makes any sense. Um, so it put me in a hole financially, mentally. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I know you have so many passionate listeners. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening, right? Listen, Let's be right, honest. Right. Um, and, and, and I want you to realize how important balance is. All right. It's like homeostasis. You can't have heat without cold. Right. Eventually, what's going to happen when you're doing um, fire attack? Eventually, all the cold area inside that building will be overcome with heat because mm-hmm. it's looking for, for the cold area. Well, guess what? That same thing happens here. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually what's going to happen is you're going to run out of fuel, I guess to say. Okay. And, and you're going to wind up kind of just simmering there like a backdraft waiting for oxygen to feed you. Yeah. And once the oxygen feeds you, it's going to set you off. All right. And, and, it, and it's probably going to be in a bad way. So, so what I'm telling you and your listeners is please make sure you have a brilliant work-life balance. Okay. Um, a lot of firefighters have gone through a lot of stuff through their lives and their careers. Um, whether it is, uh, due to politics of the service, whether it's due to the calls we ran, whether it's due to the passion that eats them up. Um, you need to find a middle ground. Mm-hmm. You need to find a balance. Never ever forget that your family is there supporting you. And that's why you can do what you're doing. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Never forget that, that you are there for the people on the street, not to make a name for yourself. You aren't there to say, Hey, look, I got an article in firehouse expo. Hey, or firehouse magazine. Sorry. Hey, I'm not here to present in firehouse expo. I'm here to take care of the people in the street and to get better every day. All right. When you see yourself getting eaten up by it, it's time for you to reset yourself. All right. And make sure you're spending time with your family. I've been blessed. I have the best family in the world. They kind of reined me in like, like a horse, I guess, you know, Hey man, you need to come back. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this is what you need to do to get set. Um, and the reason why I talk about this is because passion will get you in trouble. It will open your, you will open your mouth when things aren't right. You will get in trouble with people above you who can get you in trouble mm-hmm. because you don't feel like people are getting treated properly or things aren't being done right. Um, I just want you to know that if you are going to find a fight, make sure that fight is worth fighting. And and my best advice to you is is like Chuck and Larry, right? It's a circle. It has no beginning and no end, right? Right. Stay right. in that circle. Stay in that circle of control. Because the more you worry about the stuff that's outside that you can't control, the more it harms you mentally and physically. Okay. And and that's and that's really what I want my closing. Uh, topic to be with all of your passionate firefighters who love this job, who are here for the right damn reasons, who are here because people like you, I, the people before us, the people after us 
love everything that we do. All right. Do it responsibly, I guess is the best way to say it, mm -hmm. you know, because I tell everybody who are taking care of people, if you're no good, you can't take care of others. Exactly. If you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. And, and, and unfortunately I live that. And, and I want your listeners to realize that it is a real thing mm -hmm. and it's not a PTSD. It's not a, a, a psychological thing or whatever it is. It's just, you love what you do so much. It sucks you in. Right. Right. So, so, so make sure you have balance. Everything in life is about balance, homeostasis, right? Um, make sure you're there. Love what you do, but love what you have. No, man, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. I think it's been brilliant. Um, I think it's awesome how many people listen to what you and your, and your um, guests have to say. Um, I want to thank everybody for having a passion for this job and for doing what's right, regardless of what other people think. And in a world of 99 percenters, be that 1%. Be that 1% that cares. Be that 1% that does right for the job. Be that 1% that does right for the people on the street. And, and, and if you ever need anything, there are always people like us out there. Just go find them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it, Joe. It's been great. Um, I appreciate you taking your time at your schedule to, to, to come and talk shop with me. So this has been definitely a good one. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity. And, and I want to thank you for doing what you do for the people out there in the service. Thank you. Thank you, pal. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.